Clemson Tigers podcast, the official, unofficial podcast of the Clemson Tigers. Welcome in, everyone, to the All In Clemson Tigers podcast. I'm Briley, and I'm here with Carter, who for like the third straight week is sick. Sorry. Thank you for being here. <laughs> and I think we're going to blame it on Clemson's performance. They're just making you sick. Am I right? I wouldn't, I wouldn't go that far with the world. I don't think Dabo would say that either, because we played this last episode, but we're going to play it again. We're going to be all right. We'll be all right. There ain't no reason to panic. We're going to be all right. I've dedicated a ridiculous amount of time to that clip, thinking about that clip. And I think my favorite part of it, and I've dissected it, <laughs> I found that the last, we're going to be all right, was what gave Dabo away. Hmm. They are not going to be all right. And he is not confident. They're going to be okay. We'll talk about this in a little bit. But Thank you for your analysis on nothing important. That was certainly not the confidence <laughs> that Tiger fans want to be instilled with on a weekly basis. That's probably the best Dabo sound we've had all year, and we've had some good stuff, including. Uh, but I, you know, we it was pretty quick that I really, you know, we were, they weren't, we were over, they were overmatched. <laughs> You're telling me you like the all right one better than that. Which one is better, in your opinion? Which one's better? Oh, easily that one. He can't even. He's just, just fumbling over all his words. He can't even say anything. <laughs> I just titled that clip Dabo Can't Talk. <laughs> That's how I find it every time. Uh, they're both great. We love Dabo. I'm sorry we make fun of you, Dabo. <clears throat> but you deserve it sometimes. And so does your team sometimes. And we may make fun of them a little bit this game. Not, excuse me, this episode. All right, this week has been an interesting week. First of all, it's a bye week. So Ooh. what the heck are we going to do this Saturday? I don't know. I have homework. Watch some good football? <laughs> <laughs> that was another Lobo. <laughs> uh, we'll find something to do. We'll just watch some of the better games this week. Uh, but this week was the opportune time for all the haters to come out of the woodwork. And I think that includes you. Me. You've been quite the hater this week on Clemson. What little we've actually talked about their performance last week. You know, all of your negative feelings about this team really came to the forefront this week. Well, if they want honesty, that's what I'm here to give it to them. Do you want to go on a rant real quick and maybe give us something viral for this episode? I would, but I can't really talk. So <laughs> let's just say play all better, right. Clemson. All right. We'll say we together. Week. Well, you can talk. Dabo couldn't talk. You just sound bad when you talk. <laughs> all right. Let's just go in. We're going to do something different this week. We usually save our most favorite game and everyone's favorite game, Clemps in or Clemps out for the end. But we're going to do it at the beginning. We're going to give you that, that heroin shot right at the beginning. <laughs> <laughs> so let's go ahead and do I it could now. I use one of those right now. <laughs> <laughs> we all could. All right. We're going to turn it over to our producer, Becky. Let's hit that imaging sound and let's get the first question. Time for Briley and Carter to answer the important questions surrounding the Clemson Tigers in a little game we like to call Clems In or Clems Out. 
Alright, I asked for the question before the imaging played, and no question. So let's go ahead and ask the question now. Becky, what's the first question you have for us? In or out, is Clemson the best Tiger team in the country right now? Before we answer this, as always, you can vote on our all-in question of the week on our Twitter, at Clemson Podcast. Be sure to go there, vote, and follow us, and comment, or do whatever you want on Twitter. I don't care. But make sure you go and vote, for sure. And this is the question that you can vote on. And this question actually came from not a Twitter follower, but a Facebook fan. Commenter. There we go. A commenter. Who very sarcastically asked or said the question, or not the question, said the statement that the Tigers aren't even a top 10 team right now. That's a hot take. And that the Tigers are good. They just play for LSU. (laughs) (laughs) That was very witty. That's funny. It was very good. So I pose you that actually Becky posed us the question. I'll let you answer first. Is Clemson actually the best Tigers team in the country right now? Uh, heck no. <laughs> <laughs> okay, which which team do you have in front of them? Well, we've gone over it before. I think uh, I think LSU for sure is better. And as of right now, just the way I've seen Auburn play, I'd put Auburn ahead of them ahead of them as well. So yikes! I don't know what other Tiger teams are out there in the country, but I'm assuming those are the two best ones. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so if we just had a Tigers only poll. LSU would be first, Auburn second, Clemson third. Other. And after. there are so many Tiger teams. I can't think of any other ones. Though, off the top <laughs> so of many, head. though. We can't think of any <laughs> Those are the only ones that matter, I guess. <laughs> Wait, is Missouri? Clemson? No. Uh, no. Who cares? <laughs> I'm Clemson. Put me on the spot right, right now. I forget. What's the question to read? No, you're Clumps out then. Yes, I'm, I'm Clemson. Out. Yes, I had to reread the question. I'm <laughs> Thank sorry. You. This, this, this is an audio-only <laughs> venue of, of uh, communication, so I need you to talk. Let's not have those long. Yes, I am Clemson. All right, I'm going to be Clemson out as well. Except I'm going to say that Tiger or that Clemson. <laughs> really struggling. We're struggling episode. today. Uh, in our Tiger-only poll, Clemson is second, not third. I've got LSU, Clemson, and then Auburn. I will say though that Auburn's resume is actually better than LSU's or Clemson's. They've beaten Texas A&M in a better fashion than Clemson did, and they beat Oregon, your Ducks. Yeah, good for them. Honestly, actually, that's why I said that Auburn should be ahead of them because they actually have played some real competition. That's true, and they played Florida this week. They could have, well, I guess the other two teams aren't top 10 teams. Was Oregon a top 10 team? top 10 team when they beat them in the first week. Mm-hmm. I think they were ranked like 12. Yeah, they were something, something like that. that, yeah. But that, that'll that be three top 25 wins. That's impressive. Win, yeah. That's that's probably the best resume in the country. All right, so we're both Clemson out on this. Even though Clemson, I looked this up, and this might surprise people, has the fourth best strength of record ranking right now, according to FPI. Hmm. How does that happen? <laughs> I don't even know. I'm confused. I, sh- I should have looked up who was ahead of them. Uh, but yeah, fourth overall, which is kind of crazy, which is funny because I don't know if you heard the um, the comments that David, ah, crap, what's his name, from ESPN, Game Day. No, <laughs> never mind. I forget his name. He said, though, that uh, he thought that Ohio State had a better win than Clemson 
and same as LSU and Alabama. Who does well. Ohio State beat? Nebraska <laughs> and Indiana. He's funny. I guess maybe they were more impressive in the in those games than Clemson was in their their win against Texas A&M. Probably, but, but Clemson's beat a top twenty-five team. Ohio State hasn't. Anyways, I, I did want to I did want to talk about. I know we're spending a lot of time on this, but where would you have Clemson ranked right now? I'll go first because you just gave me the eyes like, oh, I haven't thought about this. I'll go first. <laughs> uh, I guess I would have Alabama first. Then I would have Ohio State second. Then I think, I guess Georgia is third for me because uh, I beat Notre Dame. Then LSU for me, and then Clemson. So, so what we're is just doing the top five? Fifth, yeah. And then I guess Oklahoma is pretty close. Again, Auburn has a great resume. I just don't. <laughs> they're Auburn. They're gonna lose eventually. To a couple of teams. <laughs> so I'm not going to give them the benefit of the doubt. So I have them fifth. What do you think? Yeah, uh, I'll go Alabama number one. Uh, put me on the spot here. Uh, let's see. That's what we do here. Yeah. Honestly, the way I've seen LSU play, I'd put LSU two, and then Ohio State three. Okay, that's fair. And then Georgia four. And then Clemson probably five. Oh. Thanks for choosing the same spot that I did. Sorry, Clemson 6. I'll put Oklahoma ahead. Okay. There you go. <laughs> Good. There we go. Perfect. Yeah, because everybody, Paul... 7. Auburn is ahead of them. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, they're not even the top 25. <laughs> Paul Feinbaum has come out pretty strong this week. I love... He was on Get Up with Greeny this week, and he said, well, I don't want to offend anyone in South Carolina, but Clemson's not playing like a top four team right now he basically just offended everybody in south carolina by saying that. <laughs> well yeah he certainly did but and he always does obviously because he's an F- sec clown uh <laughs> that sounded kind of weird what i was gonna say i was gonna say sec uh but <laughs> yeah he then he said that they weren't a top four team right now which isn't i, I mean everybody's saying it right now they're all coming out of the woodwork all the doubters and everyone, all the haters who don't like Clemson and don't like what they're doing are coming out this week. And Clemson has had to eat some crow and some humble pie because the Tigers haven't played that well. The Tigers from Clemson haven't played that well. But in a couple of weeks, they'll have a chance to redeem themselves. All right, we spent a crap ton of time on that question. Becky's asleep over there. Becky, what's the next question? Next question. In or out? Should UNC have apologized to Clemson fans for making fun of them? I just want to be the first to say that I was so, so offended by UNC's actions last week. (laughs) It's despicable. How dare they? I mean, how dare they make fun of opposing teams' fans in their own stadium and then say things like, also a Patriots fan. Oh my associate Clemson with the Patriots. That's Actually, that, that was offensive to me. Oh, yeah. I never want to be associated <laughs> with that. But, yeah, in case you didn't hear this week, <laughs> the North Carolina athletic director apologized to all you Clemson fans out there, all the snowflake Clemson fans out there, because they were offended that on the on the big, <laughs> the big Megatron in... Megatron? <laughs> Jumbotron? <laughs> 
Oh, this has been an awful episode for me so far. I need a nap. Uh, good thing I'll have I'll be able to take a nap this Saturday. Uh, in case you didn't hear, though, on the Jumbotron, they made fun of Clemson fans by just showing Clemson fans and then putting up on the subtitles things like, thought Clemson was somewhere in Georgia. <laughs> Got him. Or things like, can't name Clemson's last head coach, which one of the two hosts here cannot do that. <laughs> I won't tell you which one it is. And also things like, also a Patriots fan. Should... UNC have apologized for this. Oh, no way. <laughs> Come on, that's <laughs> funny. Like, every team in the world does the stuff like that. Yeah, it's like, stupid. I, I don't want to cut you off, but I'm going to because I'm passionate about this. Apparently, Clemson fans actually emailed the athletic director at North Carolina to say how upset they were about this. Get over yourself. I'm Clemson out on this. This is ridiculous. He should be applauding himself and give raises to all the people who are putting together the graphic packages for him. I feel like he should have also emailed those people back and told them just to shove it. <laughs> Even though they still lost. Maybe we'll request an interview with him and get his <laughs> opinions on this. And actually tell him, on behalf of Clemson fans, real Clemson fans, who weren't offended Realistic by this, Clemson fans, how about that? Thank you for keeping the game as it should be. Fun. Fun and enjoyable. All right, Becky, last question. What you got? Next question. In or out? Do you expect Clemson to flip the switch after the bye week? Clemson has been known to do this in years past. They did this in 2017 with Kelly Bryant. Yeah, 2017. <laughs> Is it already 2019? It's almost 2020. Yeah, in 2017, coming off a of bye week after they lost to Syracuse, they tore the competition apart in 2017. And then in 2018, they did something similar as well. So I think I'm going to be Clemson that they will flip the switch after the bye week. I do think they'll flip the switch. Say that five times fast. Flip the switch after the Florida State game, though. I think that game is going to be a little closer. But I'll save all my Florida State takes for next week. What's your answer to this this all-in or all-out question? Clemson or Clemson-out question? I mean, I guess it varies on what exactly you mean by getting rolling because... I mean, they're still winning. <laughs> you just mean just firing on all cylinders then? Uh, you just have a way of dragging us down into the muck, don't you? <laughs> I mean, dom- being the Clemson that we're used to, crushing all those peewee ACC teams on, on their schedule for the rest of the year. Uh, no more questions. The offense gets rolling. The defense continues to roll. BT Potter actually hits a few field goals, so on and so forth. Just answer the dang question. No. <laughs> That's not how you answer the questions. Clips out, as usual. <laughs> okay, thank you. Okay. They'll get it going here soon, but I don't think... What was that? Take a game or two longer. <laughs> I'm trying to talk here, all right? Okay, just for my frame of reference, you were were you Clemson on any of these? No, you were Clemson out on the first one. You were Clemson... Again, when was the last <laughs> time you were Clemson on any of these questions? I well, think it's probably been since week one. Give me a question like, do you like Clemson? I'll let you formulate the questions instead of Becky. Do we need to fire Becky? Is she just not doing the job that you want her to do? Let's get Trevor to do it. All right. Next week, Trevor's going to be asking these questions. Trevor's lazy, though. We'll see what happens. Let's take a quick ad break, and we'll be right back. And welcome back again. We're here 
for what we're going to call the mid-ish season grades. Because it's not technically mid-season yet, but we're in the midst of the season. And this is the bye week, so closest to the middle of the season. So we're going to use this and call it the mid-ish season grades. <laughs> Just make up a word. Thank you. I'm so creative. All right, for this discussion, there's one thing that you need to know. Just like in school, I think everyone has a bad association with C's. Like C's are worse than A's and B's, obviously. I live on C's, thank you. C's are good. And we're going to consider C's as average. C's are technically what the average student is supposed to get in school. Did you know that? Well, now you know. (laughs) Thanks for answering the question. Do you want to be Clemson or Clemson out on that? Neither, because we're not playing the game. I'll give you the chance to be Clemson again. Okay, so C's are average. Just keep that in mind as we're grading the teams. Let's go ahead and start with the defense. The defensive line, the main question coming into the season, they are not, they have answered the call this year, and they're no longer the question. They're playing, coming into the season, a bit of a surprise, uh, three down linemen for most of the year. They rank seventh in the country in total sacks, which I would say is fantastic. Xavier Thomas is playing well, Tyler Davis, Justin Foster. They actually each have 14 tackles apiece. So they're all being consistent and stuffing the run at the line of scrimmage. And they each have sacks as well. Xavier Thomas has two sacks. Tyler Davis has two and a half sacks from the defensive tackle position, which is pretty impressive. They're usually the guys who don't get a ton of sacks. And Justin Foster has a sack as well. I'm going to give them the ranking, the grade of an A- minus this year. I think there's room to improve. The last game showed that there's some issues in the run stopping side of the defense. So there's room to grow there, but I think they've met the challenge so far this year, and we'll give them an A-. minus. Would you agree with that? I'm Clemson on that. Yes. <laughs> there we go. Uh, the time's up. We can't count that. Yeah, I think we've mostly agreed on, most, on all these grades, so I'm not going to ask you every time, but feel free to tell me what you think if, I, if you think these I'll grades are wrong. I'll interject okay. every once in a while. Okay, and this is the one that is maybe a bit high, so you're welcome to downgrade this if you want. All right, let's move to the linebackers, meaning this one, the linebackers is. They are playing fast, and they are all over the field. When you, are, when you and I have been watching the games, who's the one player that we've seen all the time where we say, shoot, that guy is a freak of nature, and he is making plays left and right. That's Isaiah Simmons. Yes. Who looks like he's a, a monster. He's a monster. There. He's going to be a top <laughs> 10 pick in the draft. And he leads the team in tackles and sacks. He has 26 solo tackles this, this year and 43 total. And just for a reference, the next closest person has 28 total tackles he has 43 so he almost has as many solo tackles as the next closest person has total tackles <laughs> not, not bad, bad not, not bad. bad yeah he also has two passes defended which is great because he's done it several times where he's at the line of scrimmage and he just bats those passes down and there's nothing more frustrating as a quarterback than when the ball doesn't even pass the line of scrimmage so isaiah simmons has been great but so is james skalski He's been he's fun to listen to, by the way. If you ever get a chance to listen to some sound from him, he's a lot of fun to listen to. But he has uh, 26 tackles. He's got a couple of sacks, and he's got a fumble recovered. He's been playing really well. And Chad Smith as well. Uh, he doesn't receive a ton of the accolades or any of the attention, really, but he's the one who has 28 tackles. 
and he's got a forced fumble and a sack as well. And all the second-string linebackers have been playing really solidly. Um, the coach's son, Brent Venables, as the AP announcer mentioned it, it's Jake Venables. He's been playing really well, and so, so his other colleagues there on the on the uh, linebacker unit. I'm going to give them an A plus for the year so what? far. What are you crazy? <laughs> no, no, no. A minus, A minus for <laughs> sure. Okay, okay, so you still think they have room to improve? No, they actually don't. A plus. Okay, <laughs> I'm not being stupid. All right. Obviously, there's always room to improve, but so far this year, there's not much to complain about with the linebacker unit. They're going to get an A-plus from us. The secondary has been the weak link. If you can point out something that's been the weaker aspect of the defense, a defense that has been really good this year, it's probably the secondary. And to even boil it down further, it's more of the cornerbacks, not so much the safeties. The safeties have have played really well. But overall, they're actually ninth best against the pass this year. They've only they're only giving up 150 passing yards per game. So even the you know the big game where they had a lot of issues supposedly last week they only gave up 144 yards to North yeah. Carolina. Mm-hmm. They're playing well. The safeties have been great as I said, but I think the cornerbacks have been I think they've been good. They've been solid. But that's the area where I think they can see growth. Tanner Muse has been good. He's been really good this year. And I say that because when you look at him he doesn't seem like the type of guy who would be good at the safety position. No offense, Tanner. And I really don't I really don't want him to take offense to it because he seems more like a linebacker to me. And that's probably where he'll play and at the next level is a linebacker position because he's a big dude. And a story came out this week they were talking about who is some of the bigger hitters on the team and Tanner Muse's name came up. He's definitely a big hitter. Uh, but he has a couple of picks this year. He's been really good in the secondary and stopping the pass. He's got a sack and over 20 tackles. Same with Kayvon Wallace. He's got a pick and a sack and over 20 tackles. The safeties have been good. And excuse me, before I forget, Nolan Turner <clears throat> has been really good. He actually has the most passes defended on the team with four. So I really another question coming into the season was, can the secondary hold up? Because last year, one of the big concerns and one of the issues that the defense had was was stopping the passing game. And so coming into this year, they've been even better against the passing game than the running game, I'd say. Um, and so, like I said, though, the corners are the things where we're, we kind of question. A.J. Terrell, I hate to pick on him, but he hasn't been amazing this year. And even Darion Kendrick struggled last game a little bit. He got burnt a few times. So I'd like to see improvement from them. So we'll give them, in my grades, drum roll please, a B. Oh no. Still above average. They're still playing They've well. They're playing good, yeah. Not bad. I'd give the safeties, if, if we wanted to break it down even further, I'd give the safeties an A and the corners a B. Maybe a B minus at this point. So I'd like to see that improve. All right, overall, though, and none of these are super for- formulaic because if you add up an A-, minus, a A+, plus, and a B, I don't know what that gives you. That's like... I would assume an A. An A, I guess, which is what we're going to give them on the defensive side. <laughs> overall, an A. Maybe we got it right. We're not good at math, <laughs> but we got that right. Because try. FBI has them ranked third overall on defense, and we all know, if you've been following this team at all, that the defense has been saving the offense's butt from the beginning of the season, really. And not that they've had close games, but against Texas A&M, 
the de- you know the offense didn't play very well, but the defense shut down a pretty good offense in Texas A&M, and all the goal line stands that they've had, including that second or uh, the two point conversion. I the, think that's the thing that really sticks out the most is how they've had quite a few of those multiple goal line stands. That's the biggest part that can <laughs> how they can use that in the future. <laughs> like, <laughs> In close games, that'll help. Yeah, yeah. So I'm trying. I think to what say. you're going to say is that's the perfect illustration of how they've been this year. Yes, they've been solid when they need to be, mm-hmm. and in the red zone, they've also created eight turnovers. That's a random stat to end the defense, but uh, which is tied for 30th. But they've done a good job of creating turnovers overall. What What do you want to see the most improvement from from the defense though heading forward? What you know they again they're ranked third as a defense overall in the country. So there's not, you know, seemingly there's not a whole lot that they need to get better at. But what would you say if there is an area that they need to improve at, what would it be in your mind? Well, I mean, other than the corners, obviously, defending the pass a little bit better. Um, I'd go, I'd like to see just a little bit better, actually, stopping the run. Um, I mean, they have, they've done a good job with it so far, but... I'd like to see maybe one or two of these games that they play that they hold teams under 100-yard games. Yeah. I mean, yeah, that'd be that's nice. just what I would like to see personally. Mm-hmm. But Yeah, that was going to be my the thing that I wanted to see improvement as well. They've Last game they gave up not a ton of running yards, but they, they're giving up chunk running yard running plays. Yeah. And they did against Charlotte too, which we didn't want to see necessarily. <laughs> uh, so I'd like to see that improve. All right, let's talk about the offense, though, and this is where more of the controversy stands. Let's start with the offensive line, who has been pretty solid this year, mm-hmm. and that's what we expected because they have four uh, senior-slash-grad students, really. So four upperclassmen that have been good throughout their career and who we expected to be good coming into this year. They've only given up four sacks all season, which is tied for ninth best in the country, and they're averaging 226 rushing yards a game. So they're, you know, like the offensive line is is doing a good job. But I would say the past couple of games, some questions have really started to arise, and even against Syracuse as well. And so I sort of want to give them two different grades. I want to give them an A in the passing game, but a B in the rushing game. Because last game, in the past couple of games, they just haven't been able to, they haven't been dominating the line of scrimmage like you want them to see. And that's shown in, in Etning's stats, in Etienne's stats. It's just not, he's not putting up huge numbers. And so when we get to the running backs, that'll come with a caveat that the offense, offensive line hasn't necessarily been playing great. But I mean, have we had a 100 yard rusher since week one? Uh, I don't have it pulled up, but I we didn't last game. I don't think we have. Yeah. And that's, that's really where Clemson, that's their bread and butter. That's where everything on offense starts and ends is with the running game. Because ETN is probably, I mean, I know Trevor Lawrence is probably the most talented player, but ETN is a close second. You know, he's going to be playing on Sundays. And so we, they need to do a better job of opening the lanes for him. And the penalties have started to get out of control. They had a bunch of penalties last game. They had several penalties against Syracuse and against Charlotte. That needs to get cleaned up quick. But overall, I'm going to give them a B plus for this year. They've played well enough, uh, but there's a, there's a lot to improve there as well. Will you agree with that? Are we good I with would, that? I would, yes. Good actually, to move on? Yes. Okay, receivers, we don't need to spend a lot of time with this because a lot of receiver play depends on the quarterback play. And we'll cover Trevor Lawrence here in a second. They have, they've been 
consistently explosive and consistent. <laughs> they're not dropping a lot of balls. They're getting open. They're creating space, and they're, you know, they're they're uh, hitting those big plays. And especially if your name is T. Higgins, have you been hitting big plays? Because this is incredible. I hadn't really looked up any of his stats before this week, but looking at them, it's crazy. Okay, so he has 505 yards, which is best for ninth in the country. Not, not like overwhelming, but he only has 22 receptions, which gives him an average of 23 yards <laughs> per reception. Holy cow! <laughs> at all the all the players ahead of him. Were had like 30 receptions and some even had 40 receptions and they were in like the 500 600 yard range so they were averaging like 10 yards a catch and things <laughs> like that this boy's averaging a or a 23 yards a catch that's insane and justin ross who's been good this year has 18 receptions for 200 and something yards He's only averaging like 10 yards a catch. So, <laughs> yeah, if there's been a big play receiver on the outside, it's T. Higgins. And, of course, Amari Rogers ripped off a couple of big plays against Syracuse. So, they're, you know, the explosion is there and the ability to have that. But there's they can only do so much. <laughs> you know, they've got to get the ball in their hands. So, I'm going to give them a B plus. They've been really solid, really good. You don't think so? What do you think? No. I'm going to give – I would give them an A for sure. It's, okay. I mean, it's okay. all about – Trevor Lawrence gained them the ball. I think whenever he has, they've made the plays. Okay, so that's fair. No, that's fine. There, there have been a the reason I gave him B plus is because there have been, have been a couple of instances where Trevor Lawrence has thrown an interception, and then after the game, the coaches have said that was actually on the receiver. And there was one specifically T Higgins, and I think it was in the first game where he just the route wasn't clean and sharp enough, and Trevor Lawrence ended up throwing an interception, and they you know. T. Higgins took responsibility for it. And so, you know, maybe that's not enough to bring him down from an A to a B plus, but that's what I did. So gotcha. eat me for it. Go for it. <laughs> Running backs. This is where it's going to get a little rough. I'm going to give him a C so far this year. And again, I know a lot of this depends on the offensive line, but I think the offensive line has played okay. But ETN has just not had a great game. And maybe it was Jimbo Fisher calling him out and calling, calling him Etning from the beginning of the season that really beat him up. Because after Georgia Tech, in a game where he had 205 yards and three, three touchdowns, and starting with the, or the uh, Texas A&M game and moving on, he's only had 257 yards and two touchdowns in those four it's games. pretty quiet. Yeah, so maybe it was our boy Jimbo putting a curse on Etning. For the rest of the season. Might be the know. case. He's also had three fumbles, which is obviously not good. <laughs> and his fumble against North Carolina was a big reason that North Carolina was still in the game with Clemson because they were driving. And I think they would have put him away a lot quicker had they scored on that drive. So he's got to take better care of the ball. And the other thing, and we laughed at this. Maybe we shouldn't have been laughing at this in the last game. But you remember when, I, I think it was sometime in the first half, I paused the game and just started rolling on the floor laughing. And then I rewind it, and we both saw ETN just get blown up oh. <laughs> in pass protection. He oh, got yeah. lit up. And he struggled last game protecting Trevor Lawrence. And so we can't blame the offensive line for all the struggles that they had. The seven quarterback hurries that were given up against North Carolina last week, some of them were on the running backs and on ETN. So 
he's got to get he's got to get going because this offense I don't think is going to get on track, and Trevor Lawrence isn't going to get on track until ETN is eating up the defenses and the opposing defenses. Mm-hmm. I want to see him back over the hundred yard mark uh, against FSU, and we got to get him in the end zone because he's only scored two touchdowns in the last four games. Uh, he is averaging six point nine yards. Uh, per touch so you know he's he's picking up those yards and he's been much more involved in the passing game he's got 10 receptions on the season for 90 yards so he's he's at least contributing and that's the way they're trying to get him the ball Uh, and Lynn J Dixon though has been he's played really well too and I'd say he's probably been more consistent of the two just overall he's just like a bowling ball when he gets the ball he just you know he just plows his way down the field for six or seven yards yes. almost every time. So I think like. he's he's just picked up the slack that UTN hasn't been able to get there. So I think without Dixon, like there'd be more uh, flat going towards UTN than what there is actually. Sure. So he's he's picking it up uh, for UTN for sure. Yeah, yeah. So would, are you comfortable with a C grade? I'd say so. Yeah. That, okay. And again, that's just average. We're not saying they're playing poorly. They're just playing. Yeah, that's I mean, kind of what like you said. A lot of it is on the offensive line as well, but I think they've played well enough. They just haven't been able to capitalize on the opportunities that they've had. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, some of it's also the game plan that they go into the game that they're just not looking to run as much. But they have been abandoning the run pretty quickly. I, was, I, was I think I ever saw since a... ever since week one, they they haven't. It doesn't seem like they've really enforced the run on anybody made a real effort or even tried yeah so i think they've just gone away from it a little too much yeah i think uh david pollock remember the david i couldn't remember that's his name i was listening to him talk and he and he said and i don't know if it's true i didn't double check him and it probably isn't because he's a clemson hater Uh, i'm calling you out david but he said that uh the running backs only got like four carries in the second half of the north carolina game. yeah against north carolina i don't know if that's true but all to say, they certainly have not been emphasizing the running game like they should. Mm-hmm. And I think that, again, that's that's where Clemson, when they thrive, they're rushing the ball down opponents' throats, and then that opens the, the passing lanes. And that's what we need to see. So they've been average this year. <clears throat> all right, let's move on to the quarterbacks, where all the, con- the controversy and the disappointment really has been. It, it lies on the shoulders of Trevor Lawrence, I think. And I, uh, we'll play you a quick sound from uh, the North Carolina game, something that I heard. Uh, Dabo was mentioning in an interview this week how Trevor Lawrence has been really gritty. I don't know if it's good that the, I think the adject- adjective that's, that Dabo is most used for Trevor Lawrence has been that he's been gritty because <clears throat> he hasn't been explosive and he hasn't been <laughs> great overall. He's been gritty, though, and he's shown gr- great leadership, which good for him. But this is what he had to say about uh, – Trevor Lawrence in the fourth quarter of the UNC game. Trevor's had zero adversity since he came to Clemson. So that's the first game that he's had a really adverse situation in the fourth quarter game on the line. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, I, I just thought he was really, it, it was, it was good to see. I just thought he was very gutsy. I thought he showed great leadership. Okay. So Dabo says that his, some of his answer or his questions were answered about Trevor Lawrence because of the adversity that he faced in the fourth quarter. <clears throat> Apparently, Trevor Lawrence hasn't faced any adversity, according to Dabo. <laughs> I do want to point out, though, that <laughs> outside of... I hate to do this to you, Dabo, again. We just make fun of you all the time. 
and it's unwarranted in many respects, but this, this one is warranted. Outside of the last minute that Trevor Lawrence was just kneeling the ball, he played a grand total of two minutes and 40 seconds in the fourth quarter. <laughs> because remember, North Carolina had the ball for like 11 minutes in the fourth quarter <laughs> on that drive. So were any of the questions really answered about Trevor Lawrence? I know they scored a touchdown, and he had that great pass to T. Higgins, our big play man in the fourth quarter for that touchdown to take the lead. But he didn't really have the ball a whole lot in the fourth quarter. So I got you, Dabo. You still got a lot to learn about Trevor Lawrence, and he hasn't played 20 games yet either. Anyways, back to Trevor Lawrence instead of Dabo. I think the big issue has been consistency. And we're not going to – this isn't new. We've been talking about this for weeks now, since game one. He was just inconsistent. He'll throw perfect, beautiful passes, rolling out to his left, contorting his body, and chucking chucking it into the end zone for a touchdown right on target, and then he'll be have a clean pocket and then <laughs> thunk right into the <laughs> defender's chest. It's confusing to me so far, and it's just been a little confounding, but the consistency, I think, is a big issue at this I point. I don't know. I think he's pretty consistent in overthrowing his receivers. Uh, oh, you had to say uh, that, huh? Yeah. Well, that brings me back to, uh, you know, I don't want to harp on the three things that I wanted to see him improve at the be- at the beginning of the season. And I'm sure you can name the three areas because they were just, they impacted you so greatly. <laughs> but the three areas were that I, coming into the season, these were the areas I wanted to see him improve. And I thought he needed to improve. Number one was deep ball accuracy. Ta-da! Number two was sharpening ball security. Hmm. And number three was protecting his body. The first one, deep ball accuracy. In 2018, he completed 46.6% of his passes thrown 15 yards down the field. This year, he's only completing 36% of those (laughs) passes. (laughs) Not very good. He's thrown more interceptions so far this year than he did all of last season. And golly, G's alive. He's still taking so many hits. It's ridiculous. He's like the second leading rusher, not yards-wise, but attempt-wise. He's like the second leading rusher on this team. Quit running with Trevor Lawrence. He's taking hits. And as you said, all those deep ball passes are overthrown balls. <laughs> you know, He's just missing the receivers. So we need to see more from Trevor Lawrence. He's still young. Remember, he's a sophomore, and we've talked about this. He's just got to get those reps. He's just he's getting confused by the defenses sometimes. And defenses are doing their best to stop him. And so there's some issues there. I'm going to give him a C. I think he's been average Trevor Lawrence. He's He has so much talent, he can improve. And yeah. if he's just consistently good and solid, this team is going to win the championship. Or they're at least going to be in the playoff consideration. Yeah. But overall, and this is where... This probably doesn't add up, but my my feeling about this offense is that I'm just going to give them like a B minus at this point. I think they're closer to average than they are to good, but the stats show differently. <clears throat> they're ranked 16th overall FPI uh, offensively, so they've been good, and they've also produced the most yards and points by any Clemson team in the first five game, five games of a season in program history. <laughs> so they've been pretty good. It's hard to, you know, they're just a confusing team. They haven't been what we would consider great, but they're putting up a lot of points and a lot of yards. We just need to see them more consistent and better. All right. What's the one area that you want to see the offense approve for the rest of the season? 
Well, I mean, other than what we just went over, like I especially just want to see Trevor Lawrence come out and just dominate the game. That's why I said on uh, the last episode was that it most of Clemson, it depends on Trevor Lawrence and how they play. So he's going to either win the game or lose the game for him. So okay. And losing the game could be that he st- plays average. That's not good enough for a lot of these. So I just want to sure. see Trevor Lawrence come out. And maybe not be Heisman level, but just improve on where he is. Be better than he is now. Basically, yeah. So that would be the biggest thing. Okay. And I would say, on defense, we talked about the running game. And on offense, I'm going to say the same thing. I think if they can get the running game going, Trevor Lawrence is going to be a lot better. And it's going to take some of the pressure off of his shoulder. So I want to see the offensive line block better. And I want to see ETN and Lynn J. Dixon tear up those defenses. All right, last couple of things before we end this episode. <clears throat> I just want to ask a couple of, couple of general questions about the season. Because, again, it's mid-ish season at this point. So, looking at the rest of their schedule, do you see any losses on their schedule? I think your prediction at the beginning of the season was that they would run the table, they wouldn't lose any games. Are you still comfortable with that prediction? Yeah, I feel pretty comfortable about it. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> that was Sorry. that was uh, ultimate confidence right there. That talk that sounded a little bit like this. We'll be all right. We'll be all right. There ain't no reason to panic. We're gonna be all right. That's not how I meant it to come. I can't raise my voice or be excited right now. <laughs> no, I don't see anybody on the. I'm looking at it right now. I don't see anyone on the schedule. Like I think their toughest games might just be like Louisville in South Carolina. And that's just because they play at both those teams. Like, I mean, I guess Wake Forest is ranked right now, but <laughs> I, like, I, but probably not by the time that they get around. Yeah. It, I, I mean, even maybe NC state might give them a little bit of a game, but I just don't see any of these, any of these games on the schedule that just sticks out. Like, Hey, they're going to lose this game. Sure. Like, I, I think they're still going to run the table. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I did predict that they were going to lose a game this season. Because I thought there would be a lapse like what happened against UNC. <clears throat> and I still think there's room for that to happen this year. Against teams like FSU, actually. If the offense doesn't improve, teams teams like Florida State can put up points. And I think they can put up more points than North Carolina did. And so if Florida State is able to put up a lot of points against Clemson but the offense isn't able to deliver any better than they have in any of the other games so far this season, then I think that's where a loss could happen. But I don't. looking at it, I don't see any one game where I'm like, oh, yeah, that's an obvious challenge. Wofford. Except for, yeah, shoot, you beat me to it. <laughs> Wofford may be a difficult team. We'll see. You know, Wofford travels well. <laughs> at least you've heard. You never know. <laughs> All right, so we don't specifically see any losses on the schedule, but I'm going to leave room for there. I still think I still think they're going to lose a game this season. I don't know who, but we'll see. All right, playoffs. I know we've both said that we don't think that they're a top-four team right now, currently, this week, but I think we can both agree that they have the capability, and their ceiling is easily the, the best team in the country, I think is my opinion. At least, as far as playoffs go, do you think they're going to make the playoff this year? 
uh, I'm going to go yes, just because I said they'd go undefeated. So if they go undefeated, which means <laughs> that they're automatically in the playoff. Like, well, that brings up a, an interesting question that several people have brought up. It, and the question is, let's say Ohio State goes undefeated. Oklahoma goes undefeated. Alabama goes undefeated. And then you have a one-loss Georgia team that maybe only loses to Alabama in the SEC What's championship. Past what two yeah. years now? Yeah. Or LSU only loses one game to Alabama, and they don't make the SEC championship, but they've only lost one game. And even if Clemson goes undefeated, because their schedule is so weak, and unless they start beating teams like crushing teams, does Clemson actually make the playoff? Would that be the biggest controversy ever in college football if an undefeated Clemson team doesn't make the college football playoff? I know it's early to talk about it. They're not going to leave out an undefeated Clemson team. They're not some TCU or Boise State team that... like They're just... Or UCF. Was that just a few years ago that they were left out? Yeah. Like, they're not going to leave out Clemson. I mean, how I'd see it is obviously Alabama gets in. Uh, What were the other teams you said? Like Oklahoma, I think Ohio would get State. in. I think Ohio State would get in because uh, the Big Ten is a better conference right now than the ACC, and I think the Big Twelve is as well. So I, I think those three teams would be locks for sure. I, I think th- the biggest concern would be, and the Pac-12 seems to be out of the out of the running at this point. But which actually, I don't think they are though, because like the Pac-12 has gotten better this year. They're so, deeper, except there but are their upper actual. Excuse me, echelon <laughs> doesn't seem to be quite as good Except as the other. There's no undefeated team left, I don't think, in the Pac-12. No. So a one-loss Pac-12 team, I could see getting in. Mm. Like if Clemson loses a game or Oklahoma or whatever, then the Pac-12 is back in it. Sure. I think. But I, th- I mean, the Pac-12 right now is out of it. So it would be those conference and those teams probably. But I'd say Clemson gets in just like just they to have to. imagine the uproar that happens oh, if you leave my out. Gosh. Can you imagine if a one-loss SEC team like LSU or Georgia got in above an undefeated Clemson? It, it, they wouldn't be that stupid to do that. Have that. <laughs> Clemson fans would in mass travel up to wherever they meet. Might even email them. <laughs> and then they might have to issue an apology. Oh, no. Exactly. If it worked against UNC, it may work against the college football playoff committee. We'll see. There's a long ways to go. I mean, there's something like 22 undefeated teams right now. That's going to be, there's going to be, I mean, this weekend, Florida plays Auburn, undefeated teams. One of them's obviously not going to be undefeated at the end of this week. And I think there's an, uh, well, I guess not. Michigan State isn't undefeated. And they play Ohio State, I guess. I think Michigan State is undefeated. Are they? Well, maybe they are. Anyways, all to say, (laughs) in about three weeks, there are going to be so many fewer undefeated teams that this may not even be be a question. But that was kind of the hot topic of this week. All right, I think we covered just about every grade and every storyline from this week. Michigan State's not undefeated. <laughs> I told you. But we will be back next Friday instead of, you know, how we've been doing the recap episodes, right? This may be news to you even, Carter. <clears throat> uh, since they don't play this week, we have no game to recap, and we're not going to do recap a random game at this point. <laughs> so I'm sorry, you're going to be without not only Clemson football, but also the all in Clemson Tigers podcast. I so hope so disappointed, I'm sure. Yeah, I just re-listen to this episode over and over <laughs> just to comfort you as you Please watch. Don't. It was a bad one. 
it was fun at least. I hope people have fun with these episodes. We may not be the most hardcore Clemson analyst of all time, but we like to have fun. And that's the whole point we think of this episode. Nobody panic. We'll be back for the preview of the FSU game next Friday. Have a great weekend. We'll see you next week. Clemson podcast around by subscribing on Apple podcast, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcast. And while you're there, it'd be cool if you left us a positive review, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, join our community of all in Clemson Tiger fans. Just search for Clemson podcast. This was the all in Clemson Tigers podcast, the official unofficial podcast of the Clemson Tigers.